0: All right, welcome back to Problem Solver Politics. I am your host, Cardinalis, with Cody the Oracle. Hey everybody, <laughs> and today we got all kinds of really cool stuff to talk about. Um, Yang is actually teasing a big move in early March. Zach Grumman has confirmed this. We're going to speculate a little bit on what that could be based off of some rumors and some tremors we felt. Uh, there's also this growing Never burning moment. There's some really interesting statistics that really need to be analyzed about um, Bernie Sanders' candidacy in 2020. And... Dude, we are catching up with all of these crazy people that Mike Bloomberg has hired to text on his behalf and make him seem cool on social media. And some of it is beautifully disastrous. Some of it is just kind of crazy cool. Um, and apparently it's led to some vandalism. He's getting vandalized big time on some of his offices and he's, he's fighting back the egalitarian fight. Um, and it's pretty cool. So, hey, Cody, let's just dive right in. Hit it. What is going on with Andrew Yang?
1: Um, Yeah, well, I guess we'll start off right there. So, the first thing is this was a tweet that I saw yesterday. Not Uh today's. Yesterday, early in the morning on Sunday, Zach Grumman, who was the. And we'll kind of, I guess, that's kind of what I want to talk about here. We'll get into that. I believe current campaign manager? The campaign's suspended, So technically a campaign manager. He tweets out, haven't been tweeting much and it's because I've been in the trenches getting ready for what's next. Buckle up, Yang gang, we're not going anywhere. And then he puts a little, a second tweet saying, a sent from the office on a Sunday. Uh, This was in reference. Andrew Yang has been teasing this a lot at little... Um, town hall events and I don't think he said it like on CNN or anything but as far as town hall and various direct events with voters he's brought this up Andy had also tweeted out uh, yesterday a little bit earlier before that saying we have an announcement coming in early March as to our next steps I hope people are excited the Yang Gang has a vision that will continue to grow in the days to come but as usual it will take a lot of hard work Uh, very interesting timing as far as I know early March is another way of saying a few weeks I guess right since we're here in late February at the time of this recording but there's a couple other interesting things about that I kind of want to look at so first of all I want to pull both of these up you might have noticed I I definitely had noticed this since the announcement of Andrew Yang suspending his campaign I mean yeah this is Zach Grimm's Twitter account what are we f- two weeks later uh-huh. campaign manager for Andrew Yang He's like, like he really did suspend the campaign it's not one of those suspensions where it's like it has kind of felt like for a while I mean not only I uh, want to point out the fact that he still calls himself the campaign manager. You, you can just kind of look at the the yeah. image there. There's still a lot of campaign imagery, and then look at uh, Andrew Yang's account as well. Same thing. He still has himself a presidential candidate, and we're still seeing a lot of interesting just campaign related imagery in his accounts. Now, I don't. Per- I'll get it right out of the way, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way. I don't yeah. think he's unsuspending. I don't think that's the yeah. Announcement. Yeah, it
0: doesn't seem like it's a short term announcement. It, it, we we have a feeling that it's going to be a long-term announcement.
1: But the same thing, though. like it, Isn't it kind of weird that both him and his campaign manager are still... As far as... The, I know Twitter... I, I always say this myself. Twitter isn't real life. But you would think if this was like in earnest, like, okay, I'm done with this politics stuff for a while. I'm moving on or I'm going to go away for a while... Uh, maybe you wait a few months. I don't. I guess you don't have to change day one. It's just interesting. And Andrew Yang has updated his uh Twitter picture multiple times, so there definitely seems to be something with the current or that the, I guess the former or current kind of thing. The current campaign structure. I guess there is a campaign still, but it is really interesting to see. We had talked a little bit about uh, a potential mayoral run for New York City for Andrew Yang. I. It doesn't feel like... I thought that'd be
0: cool. It doesn't feel like
1: (laughs) that's the announcement. Um, But, I mean, what is... Because one thing Andrew Yang... It's not like Andrew Yang has been sitting on his hands, you know. Yeah. He did suspend his campaign. However, he did go on then to join CNN as a political commentator. And what Uh was a fairly controversial... Not fairly. Controversial move for some, though. I do want to acknowledge some people weren't happy with it. But it did seem to so far be a great move for Andrew Yang. As many of the reviews he's gotten so far have been... As the Examiner puts it, rave reviews for Andrew Yang. And then just anecdotally, I have heard from a lot of people. uh, Casey Neistat was a big Andrew Yang supporter in the first place. But I've heard from a lot of people that have said stuff that
0: kind of similar to this. The idea is, oh, wow. David Schuster's comment was awesome. And with one tweet, Andrew Yang proves to be more accurate and insightful than a year's worth of CNN political.
1: Oh, yeah. But just the idea being that there is one thing that Andrew Yang has always had going for him. Uh, The more people see of him, generally, the more they like him. It's always bad when you have a candidate, you have to shield from the public. There's this
0: phrase that we used a lot when we were doing the Andrew Yang policy videos. that um, The only real functional definition of good art I've ever met in my life, okay, when asked that deep question that you talk about that one time in your philosophy class, what is good art, you know, was the definition that said good art is the kind of art that inspires more respect and admiration the more you study it. You know what I'm saying? And Andrew Yang is a good political candidate because generally, though some of his ideas we definitely thought were uh overrated, generally, um, especially with UBI and democracy dollars and some of those other uh, flagship proposals, generally the more you talked about how it could influence our society and how its implementation could change our way of life you became more interested and wanted to know more
1: but so what do you think goes here there's something else too i wanted to show as far as him yeah. going to cnn it's what he's been up to okay. he put out this tweet kind of a little bit of cryptic messaging familiarity seems to be a big asset when running for office and i i was learning
0: with you it the <laughs> Republicrat said, "Hence CNN, we see it."
1: Oh no, yeah, but that, oh, yeah, funny. obviously he's on
0: our live stream sometimes. No,
1: well, no, but obviously that was the yeah you know, the point. Franching going at CNN was to expand his image. But it's interesting. Do you, what other? Was what, he gonna run for Congress? Is he gonna like like what is he announcing? Why is his campaign? What
0: start, if he got a cabinet t- position with Trump, dog?
1: Well, that wouldn't make any sense. Um, you don't think so? But it'd be no. a crazy bipartisan move. Why would he be announcing it in March of two thousand twenty-one? That doesn't make any sense.
0: Two, be- I, I— because I, maybe Trump's making I, big moves. Maybe Trump's adopting UBI. Man,
1: there. you know, maybe we shouldn't be speculating if that's, oh. the, kind of, if that's the kind of nonsense <laughs> we're gonna get. I don't think he's. I don't think Trump's appointing him to his cabinet. I, I, I would almost m- say much more likely a, but it, still. I don't know. Potential congressional or s- future Senate run. Would be weird. One thing I can tell you what I hope it isn't more than anything. I okay. really hope it's not an endorsement unless he's being brought on because you talked, you joked about a, a cabinet, but VP perhaps somebody's VP. We're getting to that point of the I primary I do honestly, I almost VP-ing hope it's all, not. Well, but because well, who's going to well, offer well, the job? Want, yeah, one okay. second, because I want less than anything, and because I want to hear you say this too. What I really hope it isn't, if Andrew Yang is hyping up and teasing up his endorsement, hey, look, man, you're cool, and I like you, but you're not that cool. I don't need a week away. Stay tuned for my endorsement. I don't think it is that. I think it is more substantial. I just really hope it isn't, you know, I endorse... I'm trying to, like, Could it be the funniest thing for him to endorse? Tom Steyer? Like, he comes out like a Steyer endorsement? Like, like realistically, I hope it's bigger than that, but... VP, that'd be interesting. Or maybe some official, maybe not VP, but official role paid on a campaign today. No. Would that be, you know what, that'd be even weirder, right?
0: Well, I just... This is what I think about, like a lot of these speculations. Yeah, sure, you know, I joke uh, about Donald Trump, you know, put him in his cabinet, But I've gotten a sense from Andrew Yang that he's not interested in doing the traditional... have smaller office and work his way up to the top. That's the whole reason why he did the big jump in the first place. Cause he says, we don't have time and he recognizes the necessity of being a national player on the national scene. Okay. So I don't really see him ducking out to be a Senator ducking out to be a house of representatives, you know, standard politician that works his way up the corporate political ladder.
1: He's um, not going to be a comptroller somewhere. <laughs> it,
0: yeah, and, and the other thing is, when we talk about these VP nods, man, I don't really know if that'd be good for him because I, I don't. He's far too capitalist um, to be a Bernie Sanders VP. You know what I'm saying? That seems like I don't think that would be a good fit. And Bernie Sanders is going to win the nomination, so if he says yes to being the VP choice of anybody else, it's going to be a losing endeavor. Like who? Is Elizabeth yeah. Warren going to carry him yeah. across the victory I also, stage? Please.
1: I, well, also, yeah. I I. Would, I don't uh, see that. I would be shocked if Bernie Sanders tabbed Andrew Jang as his VP. They just have too much. Well, yeah.
0: Well, exactly. But people talked about Biden. But come on, that's a joke. He's over. Hey. You know. Over, I mean.
1: It's obviously not. But, so, again. But what if so? Okay, if, it's, if you don't think. I, I
0: really think one of his only moves is prepping. For 2024, because Donald Trump's going to be done by then. There's always that other party shift that happens. After four years of having a Democrat, we shift to Republican. Sorry, after two terms of having a Democrat, it's traditional that you shift to having a Republican president. twice in a row now. Yeah, exactly. Three
1: times in a row? And then
0: then what up-and-comers are there in the Democrat party that are going to challenge Andrew Yang? Eric Swalwell?
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well you i mean, know there is but other people kamala running.
0: harris top tier candidate yeah, call, y- but you but know maybe, like maybe who other people will
1: come up but but also do you announce a 2024 run in april of tw- or march or tw- you don't announce 2024? well who knows May- i mean
0: he's unorthodox orthodox right? enough where yeah, i thought maybe he does
1: that's an that's Early, I mean, <laughs> I will be running for president. Like, there's literally Bernie a, Sanders there's did last literally time. Literally, an election that has to finish. There's a primary that has to finish. Like, I will be running that Democratic primary in five. I, I think, I don't think it's gonna be that. But it is interesting. Only the reason why I bring it up is because it is, it is interesting seeing now. I mean, Zach Crumman, who, like I said, today is still the campaign manager for Andrew Yang. Um, seeing how they're talking about this, something big coming up. We're working on something. I just, I'm trying to. New York City, I, 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 don't, I do not think that's it. But man, when I, the more I think about it, the more it I want to see Andrew Yang run for mayor of New York City. Now, I do think being mayor of New York City will hold you back in a presidential run later on, because people will be like, "Ew, he was the mayor of New York City." Unless, hey, what if Andrew Yang's the guy who turns New York City around? That, that's still my, I'm still hope, I'm holding out for New York City mayor run or even just I would be okay with some New York State level thing uh, I, I, I'm not going to get into the dates or logistics of when it would make sense because th- there is probably some reason why he's doing it early March but it just is interesting seeing it definitely feels like this campaign is suspended if that makes sense you know what I mean yeah. like it's everything I don't feel is, like
0: it's a 2020 thing at all I yeah. don't get that but, but, sense.
1: But just all the imagery is still... Everything on their accounts is still 2020 Yang imagery. Zach Grumman still is campaign manager. Andrew Yang is still running for president as far as their... Now, again, Twitter account bios aren't real life. But I'm just saying, there obviously hasn't been this... There hasn't been this sense of, okay, it's over. We're shutting Twitter it down.
0: Twitter account bios aren't real life. We're not as cool as those three words and three titles that we give ourselves. Yeah, Aww. exactly.
1: Anyway, so so we have Andrew Yang's potential... I. I still hope he runs for governor, man. Potential, or not governor, mayor of New York City yeah. run. But there's something else going on, and uh, I don't, th- there's a lot to get into here. We can go on for a while. I don't want to okay. go on forever about this, so I want to keep it kind of brief.
0: Hey, there but were the never Trumpers.
1: But yeah, but something really interesting. So Bernie Sanders was on 60 Minutes uh, last night, Sunday evening. Be and beautiful. He was uh, asked by Anderson Cooper to. I guess defend or comment on some of his previous comments about uh, Cuba's former um, was he a democratically elected leader? Um, yeah. Fidel Castro. Anyway, it has rub some people the wrong way. So this is an article I have here pulled up from the week, um, which is I don't I mean I don't want to get into much, which by no means some like pro-Trump right-wing rag or anything. Like they definitely seem to be defending Bernie in a lot of ways. Even they had to bring up though. That Florida Democrats think Sanders Castro comments could cost him the state in November. Um, first things first, before we get too far into this, he lost like 67 to 35 to Hillary or something. That math even adds up. But he got blown out by Hillary last year in our last election in Florida. It's not like it's a state he's won in the past. Like, it wasn't even close. But they brought up something here very interesting. So first, we have a, uh, a De- Debbie... Um, can you pronounce that name? Is it Spanish? M- Mucarso? Uh,
0: n- m- no, m- uh, Mucarci Pile. But that's actually not a Spanish name. Uh. That's. If it's the E before the I, that's uh, not of a Greek derivative. Um, Either way. But in Peru, they hyphenate their names. So anyway, keep going.
1: Either way. I just wanted to say this. um, But they brought up an interesting point. They said, as the first South American immigrant member of Congress who proudly represents thousands of Cuban Americans, I find Senator Bernie Sanders comments on Castro's Cuba absolutely unacceptable. She gets in further. But what I want to highlight here is, as this Dave Wasserman individual points out, is that this is a freshman Democrat who flipped a heavily Cuban GOP seat just two years ago. Like, this is the kind of stuff that Democrats want to hold moving forward into 2020. And then we see a Stephanie Murphy, who I believe is a... uh Bloomberg supporter, keep in mind. But all same thing. Whether the subject is Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua, Israel, the foreign policy challenges, Senator Sanders has consistently taking positions that are wrong in the merits and alienate many Florida voters now in the general election if he is nominated. So we're definitely seeing a movement. Yeah, that's a from very euphemistic some, way
0: of saying I'm out. Yeah, I'm not supporting well, him.
1: I definitely think and it's I like, don't want the party yeah. mad at
0: me, but this isn't my guy.
1: <laughs> and this is one thing I have I'm not gonna say all, but I have seen some because it's been a Pretty good news cycle for Bernie. Otherwise, he just won Nevada, which I don't want to do a whole video on. But people are really but Nevada's not a swing state, but it's, dude. It, but they're also really overblowing his Nevada performance. He did basically the same as he did last time. It's just there's no Hillary now, so he wins. Like like if there yeah. was a Hillary, he would have lost again. But there's no Hillary, so he wins this time. It's it's kind of just more of what we've seen before. But the bigger thing is we're seeing this. I wish I had more clips. unless NBC was pulling their hair out when Bernie Sanders was winning Nevada on Saturday night they were losing their minds like they had no idea what to do. We're now starting to see this growing and I think this is a I, I can put more together, but this really sums up what I think of the growing never Bernie movement we definitely saw a never Trump movement right That was a real, they're still never Trumpers, but yeah. never Bernie is growing it's it's one thing when there's senators in Florida who are just like, look, I have a large Cuban demographic that supports me. And um, (laughs) I can't have them thinking I support someone who supports Fidel Castro. I'll tell you why when you're done. They they have to. Yeah, but this was a tweet I did did not think in a million years I'd be seeing this. This is a tweet from Reagan Battalion, self-described place for conservative news and commentary, saying, CNN exposes Bernie Sanders and his lifelong support for communist dictators and communism, playing some of the videos we uncovered segment ends with this bernie Sanders vision of socialism it's extended far beyond the danish style welfare state as he likes to claim that was cnn We we have cnn and reagan battalion now keeping up or teaming up for this kind of and they this isn't they don't have it overtly here but in a second i'll take you through the never bernie hashtag but this is a movement that is growing and I think it's something that's really funny because obviously it's not as big as the pro-Bernie movement, right? We're not going to sit here and say, oh, Bernie better watch out because never Bernie. But it is funny to see as he's getting closer and closer and closer and closer to this potential nomination, this growing fear, one, from the the MSNBC part of the party, but two, just this idea that there's a lot of people making some, you know— Interesting bedfellows, I guess you could say, to defeat Bernie Sanders. Well, I don't think they're interesting.
0: I don't think it's necessarily uh, strange bedfellows as much as Democrats have used progressives, the progressive wing of the party, namely the Bernie bros, as their shock troops for almost a decade. Okay. And they've been willing to turn an eye. It's like, oh, dude, if Antifa gets a little bit crazy and roughs up some, you know, uh, right wing event or, you know, embarrasses some Republicans or, you know, throws a brick through a window of, you know, this conservative establishment. You know, yeah, we're going to criticize it online, but we kind of like that they're intimidating everybody because they're kind of on our side of the aisle, you know. And then what happens is these mercenaries and these shock troops sooner or later come back to the castle and demand payment. And they're like, okay, we've gone out. We've burned all the villages that you wanted us to burn. Where's our money? And then the king's like, oh, crap. I didn't realize they were going to do it. And I didn't realize they were going to come back. And I didn't realize how expensive they were going to be. Uh, Yeah, let me think. We're, we're going to get you paid. You know what I'm saying? And now now... The shock troops have come back and realized they're not getting paid by the establishment. The establishment never supported them in the first place. They just did a bunch of work for free, and now they're pissed off at the establishment. So I don't really have a lot of sympathy for these Democrats that are turning never Bernie, because I'm like, you created this monster. You know what I'm saying? But I do think this monster will ultimately come after them. You know what I'm saying? And it'll do great damage to the party, because here's the deal, man. You made a good point in our pre-show. One of the biggest problems with identity politics is everybody have thought that all Latinos are the same and they don't realize if you're a Latino, okay, coming from Mexico, non-state actors have been what's ruining your life. Okay. And what you're fleeing from? What yeah. you're fleeing from? The cartels. And yes, there is corruption and sometimes the state is in bed with the cartels and everything, okay? But it's an asymmetrical system in which non-state actors are running the show and the government is small because of the, the 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 non-state actors. So you have a little bit more faith in a big government USA program because at least you trust the US government more than you did your own government back home. Totally different in Cuba, totally different in Venezuela, totally different in Argentina. Okay, where the state is the problem. And this is very close to home for me because my family's Cuban. My grandfather, that I never got to meet, okay, was a reporter in Cuba that was jailed by Fidel Castro. And that this literacy program that Bernie Sanders talked about on. Um, and extolled the benefits of, you know, not everything that Fidel Castro did was bad. He, uh, he had a very prolific literacy program. Yeah, that literacy program was a propaganda program where they came to your house. You had to swear allegiance to the freaking state. And they counted all the valuables in your home. And they would come back and count the valuables when you went on vacation. Because they knew if you were trying to flee the country, you would take valuables with you. So my family came to the United States of America with a Coke bottle and like five Cuban, uh, it's not pesos, I can't remember what their currency was, but you know, with like a single bill in their wallet because they had to leave everything, even the candlesticks that were made out of silver at home. And and I I served my mission in Argentina where Che Guevara is from. You know what I'm saying? His great liberation that he talks about of the people was because he killed everybody. (laughs) like, he literally killed everybody. And when he ran out of adults, he dragged mothers to watch 13-year-olds and 8-year-olds get shot while he laughed at them. You know what I'm saying? so it's like, at at, at what point, at what point does America just reject this as what it is? And I'm sorry, I don't want to go on some crazy anti-Bernie rant. You know what I'm saying? But to be honest with you, I can't believe this didn't happen sooner. And the only reason why it didn't happen sooner is because Republicans were saying it. And so, only the small niche of Fox News and talk radio was saying, hey, this Bernie guy and his ideas are dangerous. Look what happened in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s in these communist regimes. But now that Bernie, and the reason why the mainstream media didn't defend him was because the progressives were always kind of pushing along the standard corporate Democrats with him. And we know that the media loves their corporate Democrats. But now that the corporate Democrats are under fire, that's the only reason why Anderson Cooper is like, dude, tell us how you're going to pay for this, because now you're making regular Democrats look bad. And we're afraid you actually might just storm our castle and win, because correct me if I'm wrong. Is he not on pace to win, Cody? He's on pace to win, but the it's we, we could do. It. I don't want to get too far.
1: He's on well, pace, a technical
0: win, a plurality win. He's on pace win.
1: to win, but, uh, win the nomination. I think it's. I think that they'll revise some forecasts and a few votes here. But what's more interesting is the fact that Bernie Sanders, more or less, is performing about the same as he did in 2016. Really. Yeah, it's just it's, instead yeah. of having 55, 56% of the vote scattered among seven candidates, see so what Hillary Clinton has done. So she won. I mean, yeah. he's really kind of been where he's been. And like I said, he, he got killed in Florida last time. I, I think the bigger thing is just it is interesting seeing as the idea that he's actually maybe could win this is continuing to. And it's the same thing happened with Trump in 16. Once it got in the minds of a lot of these Republicans that Trump might win, all of a sudden, never Trump exploded. Oh, and you called it. I think we're seeing the same thing with Bernie here. Once these people are realizing, oh my God, Bernie can actually win this, because uh, what they're realizing is there's just, there's no Hillary. There is no other candidate. Bernie Sanders only needs, like Bernie Sanders needs three and about fourteen people to vote for him and he'll win some of these states. Like it's crazy. Like he doesn't need that many people to vote for him when there's so many votes going elsewhere. I think they're starting to realize that, and it's freaking the establishment types out. Okay, MSNBC was on fire on Saturday because Bernie Sanders basically performed the same he did in 2016, but this time no one was there to stop him. Like, it's really funny to watch this growing swell, but I, I do think the bigger thing we'll see from the never the never Bernie movement growing, though, and the the, the more of I think the the what, what it's going to take as the form I think it'll take, because it, a better way of putting this. Is we're going to see more people just start to dig into Bernie's past. I've seen it already. I've seen 2016 stuff come back. We're going to see Bernie Sanders for one of the first times in a while since he ran against Hillary really get all of it brought against him, well, with full and, force of the media.
0: And here's the other thing: is 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 he's now getting fire from directions he's never anticipated it. Actually, I shouldn't say never anticipated, but it haven't been traditionally um, uh, sources of opposition for him. Okay, because you know who's doing it now? Now the Latinos are doing it.
1: Well, I mean, he did. It's important to remember he did get a solid Latino vote in Nevada on Saturday.
0: Okay, yeah, but remember that's a different kind of Latino. In the Western United States of America, you generally get Central uh, uh, Americans, you you get a lot of Ecuadorians, you got a lot of Guatemaltecos, you know, and it's culturally completely different. Okay, Um, these were never countries that were dominated by Russia like Cuba was. Yeah, the, the these are countries like like Mexico's beautiful. I love the people. I love the culture. I love everything about it, okay? But it's been mired in this kind of crappy corruption for for 300 years that they've never liberated themselves with and the cartels are the problem. It is completely different in Venezuela and and um and, and Cuba. And then guess where the highest concentration of Venezuelans in the United States of America are? Since, since 2000, like you can pull up the article right here, there's been explosive growth of Venezuelans. And by the way, it was already the highest concentration of people that hate communism, hate socialism, added to the single highest immigrant center for Cubans. You know what I'm saying? Not just from flotillas, but from individual escapees, from legitimate escapees, yeah. uh, refugees, the whole nine yards. I mean, if you've ever been to South Florida, you might as well have just moved to Havana. you know what i'm saying like you might as well have just moved to havana
1: i don't want to cut you off too far but just to the point like yes this is how bernie sanders performed in 2016 in florida he got crushed he didn't perform very well at all like yeah Yeah. this what he's what he was selling people weren't buying in florida i mean it's yeah i think that's one thing too it's really kind of fascinating i want to i want to highlight it more than happens so stay tuned but for example, if Bernie Sanders, there's a lot of states Bernie Sanders could win with like a seven to eight point cushion that he was losing by 35 points in 2016 without winning one additional vote. I mean, it's, I think the bigger, the real never Bernie movement, if they really want to focus on it, they, they need to focus on the fact the establishment crumbled. Really, yeah. Bernie hasn't won anything. They're losing to him. He's done nothing different. Yeah. He's basically getting the same share of votes. He's basically getting the same support. It's just they felt that there was no candidate fielded against them. So, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I, I definitely... I would never vote for Bernie. Don't support him. I think it's hilarious, though, that they've been so inept at fielding a candidate against Bernie. Some desperate never-Bernie movement's going to have to form because they're like, oh, my God, this is... There's so many people in the Democratic establishment that are just having... That was McGovern, right? That just yeah. got obliterated. Just like 1972 flashbacks McGovern. of, oh, my God, not again. And if Bernie Sanders is going to win the primary with a similar performance to 2016, which was a loss for him... Then yeah, man, that's an uphill battle in general. So I can see why it's forming. But well, you
0: also called it on Twitter a couple of days ago, where you said, as soon as the establishment realizes that Bernie actually can win, the grifting class will start coming out in droves. And now we're seeing all of these articles. You know what I'm saying? I guess I don't want popping up. I don't
1: like calling out random stuff, but this did kind of. It didn't bother me. This was a good example. This is an article from The Intercept. And I'm going to. It said, finally, can we all agree everything we were told was wrong about Bernie Sanders? Reference to his Nevada finish, right? So they go down here and they talk about, uh, can we agree in the wake of primary contests in Iowa, New Hampshire, and now Nevada that everything we were told Bernie Sanders was wrong? The press, the pundits, the politicians are all wrong about him. And they go on. they, They compare it to the invasion of Iraq. Holy cow. Like I said, Bernie Sanders got about. Forty-seven percent of the vote in 2016 in Nevada, you got about forty-seven percent of the vote in two thousand twenty Nevada. It's just there's no Hillary this time. It's we are seeing that stuff happen. But again, it's if they if there was a legitimate candidate fielded against Bernie Sanders by Democrats, Bernie Sanders will say he isn't a Democrat, he's running against them anyway, they'd probably be winning right now, the same they did in 2016, but then anyway.
0: Well you know what you know what Bernie needs? Bernie Sanders needs to start paying people to do tweets for him. You know what I'm saying? Like Michael Bloomberg. In fact, some really cool, interesting.
1: <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. So, yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, we're talking about Michael Bloomberg here because there's a couple things here, and I want to make sure we get. Into, yeah, we got we got to bring up sure these everything correctly. So, articles yeah. on
0: Bloomberg and now, we'll, man. We'll, well, hold on. So okay.
1: So anyway, moving into it, this is what's interesting to me the most about Michael Bloomberg and all of his friends. This was an article posted in the LA Times, and it.
0: For kind those of, of, of you that are on the audio journey. podcast, we'll go we'll, we'll yeah. on this little journey together.
1: So, this article was posted in LA Times, I believe, on Friday, and it said that Twitter is suspending 70 pro Bloomberg accounts citing platform manipulation. Uh, and as you can see right here, they screenshot it, and there's more than these five accounts or four accounts, but they just word for word are treating the same thing. A president is born. Barbara Streisand sings Mike's praises. Check out her tweet, which is even hilarious. Like, oh, Twitter has a function called retweeting where you're able to have you able to check out someone's story like it's like it's we. but anyway the la times did some digging into this and they said michael r bloomberg's presidential campaign. i love what they always call michael r bloomberg a presidential campaign has been experimenting with novel tactics to cultivate an online following or at least the appearance yeah. of one. Oh, that's brutal. Um, they get into the fact that this this was indeed a part of a far-reaching social media strategy, the Bloomberg campaign, which has hired hundreds of temps to pump out campaign messages through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. These deputy field organizers, what a title, receive $2,500 per month to promote the former New York mayor's candidacy within their personal social circles. In addition to other more conventional duties, they receive campaign-approved language that they can opt to post, which looks like this. Um, but... This in and of itself, we talked about this a little bit. The fact that they're banning people for doing this is really funny, but it also Uh is yes, this is a TOS violation. Like this is, I remember I was doing a while ago. I was doing something in a World of Warcraft we were playing on stream. Uh, Where I was walking around in the game telling people to spamming, like vote for Andrew Yang, stuff like that. And someone told me technically that's against the terms of service because they don't want a bunch of people. They don't want Bloomberg paying a bunch of people to make level, like make new characters, just like Mormon missionaries, just going out and
0: introducing people to the Book of Mormon. You could
1: just flood the chats, they'd have to ban you (laughs) on a
0: Valkyrie, Griffin Dragon.
1: (laughs) Most uh, platforms have that in the terms of service. You're not allowed to have like just random accounts spring up and do this. Okay. This one I thought was funny. So the author of this article actually took a look at who these people actually are, what's actually going on, who are these people getting banned from Twitter for spam posting about Michael Bloomberg, and uh, I we'll read a little bit of this, but I love the lead. This is a uh, this is great. This is hilarious. This is what it says. A vocal Bernie Sanders supporter. Oh, sorry. we me put it on the screen for you guys. A vocal Bernie Sanders supporter, a Chicago one with zero followers on Twitter, a dozen registered Republicans. These are some of the digital so- soldiers Michael R. Bloomberg's presidential campaign has recruited in California to boost the former New York Mayor's online profile. I love that. I imagine paying somebody
0: with zero followers on Twitter to tweet for you.
1: So like, dude, I, you could just make an account. I think you. I one know. Follow. I was not going to say hilarious. what would we
0: keep you from just. Setting up seven different accounts and then creating seven IDs saying, like, okay, I'm going to text for my daughter, for my son, for my wife, for my, you know, and then getting four of those $2,600 checks and making, like, you know, a a five-figure income out of this. Well, well, per watch, month.
1: well, this this is what I love. Well, they they, they vet you a little bit. They will okay. make sure you're individual, but they go into some of the experiences people had doing this. I love this one. So, uh, who's excited for the debate tonight? Uh, another organizer posted on Instagram asking her followers to sign up for the debate updates from Bloomberg's campaign. The post rece- received one like and a comment. I hope you're at least getting paid for this. Lol. Oh,
0: the funny thing is, brutal. you can actually go on
1: Instagram and find it right here. Here is the actual—oh, uh, do I have to enlarge so you can read the comments? Here is the actual post itself, and uh, let me see if I can make it bigger for you guys. And you can see—I can't, but you can actually see the one comment where somebody said, I hope you're at least getting Oh, yeah, the
0: comments this. are flooded. Oh, yeah. And then there was even a guy that said, hey, is anybody else here for the L.A. Times well, that's, article? That's,
1: everyone <laughs> went over there because at first no one even saw it. And then this, was, this is what I love more, though. Yeah. So they go into another person who is a self-described Bernie Sanders supporter, right? So uh, he tweet he texts one of his friends, Sam Donaldson just nailed it. Mike Bloomberg is the president we need to unite our country. He texts one of his friends Monday through Outvote, the app organizers used to reach out to their personal networks. He drew on language provided to him by the campaign, and he logged the text as part of his Bloomberg organizer responsibilities. But he quickly followed up with a personal addendum. Please disregard, vote Bernie or Warren. <laughs> Like, there's literally people like, okay, checking in, texting their friends, hey, vote for Mike Bloomberg, he's the great, punching out, disregard everything oh. I just said, vote for Warren or Bernie. And there's one, more, <laughs> there's one more thing I want to touch on here a little bit, uh, and they I'll see if they'll mention it, but they mentioned later in the article the idea that when he applied, they did go through his social media following, and they saw that he was a Bernie Sanders supporter. But they just said, hey, just delete it, it's cool, man, just delete Bernie Sanders stuff. And it's, uh, and, and you see stuff like, oh, here we go. When I text my friends, depending on the friend, a lot of people think it's spam or my account was hacked. <laughs> Once people realize actually me who's making these and it's not spam, they kind of just figure I'm being paid for it. Yeah, paying people <laughs> to spam their friends and family with stuff they never talk about is so obvious and transparent. But it, it however, as well. It doesn't—I don't want to say this was the reason why, but there also seems to be a rising level of animosity against the Michael Bloomberg campaign, if you want to talk about this a little bit. But well, we're starting
0: oh, to see people— Oh, yeah, no, this is crazy, dude.
1: Take things in our own I'm, hands, right? A little, uh, a little Death Wish-style
0: justice here. You're a little dubious about this, though, which is pretty interesting. Um—
1: here we go. The Mike Bloomberg campaign today tweeted out a list of uh, yeah. vandalism incidents they've had at their at their campaign offices.
0: Like, is this is this Jesse Smollett uh, meets Michael Bloomberg, or is this legitimate? Because this smacks of two things. I could totally see the Bernie Bros doing this because we all know how the progressive left is nowadays. But well, I'll the, tell you this the, much well, right Elizabeth now:
1: Elizabeth Warren a progressive. Tulsi is a progressive No
0: but see Elizabeth Warren's followers Are all college level educated white people In the uh, in the northeastern oh, Tolsey, seaboard That probably don't even know how to buy A can of spray paint Because they think that that's yeah. blue collar stuff And I'll tell you The reason why I kind of buy into your theory That it's not just standard Antifa or progressives Is because if it was Antifa They would have burned it to the ground You know what I'm saying really? what is- And there would have been news of them doing that Okay this. Well what's your theory Say what your theory is uh, well, then, you know, obviously, the, the the first theory is that people don't like Mike Bloomberg.
1: Uh, second, uh, this is my I'm not I'm, this isn't even a theory. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just putting the idea out here. If Mike Bloomberg comes to your town and opens up a field office, and nobody cares, and it largely gets ignored, and it shudders a few months later, that's a loss. But if Michael Bloomberg opens up a field office, and people care so passionately, they show up to vandalize his office and break windows and spray paint it. It really makes it look like Mike Bloomberg is a serious threat here. People are taking serious. Now, I'm not. This one I love. This is, This was pretty nice. Um, they. It looks like they spray painted boards and like that. Whatever the oligarch there. That's not the same as smashing the windows or, or graffiting over him. But I'm. He seems to be paying everyone. Is all I'm saying. He's paying. People to spam their friends with text would he not pay people to perhaps do? That? I'm just I am just well, saying no, that, that, that's in what I'm saying the
0: realm of possibility. And if you go to the top, go to the top of the text message right this completely smacks of uh, actually go to the very top where it says like this Red. okay, those that use hateful rhetoric and intimidation to influence this election are only driving our country further and further apart. America deserves better. It almost seems like they knew that's what they're going to say. This just is a little bit programmed. Um, well, also, to your and point, it's kind of like, dude,
1: victims are hip right now, dude. But to our point, I want to also point out, uh, as you were saying before, I don't see it here, but I do believe they they have actually the Mike Bloomberg campaign is accused Bernie Sanders supporters of being behind at least one of these. They've been accused by Michael Lindbergh. I just feel like the I, one that's actually done like, well,
0: where the glass is broken. I think that's the Bernie Sanders people, and then they well probably no, look.
1: There's no. Th- 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 there's nothing here though. This could be anything. This could be. This is one thing too. A lot of people don't understand with vandalism and stuff like this. Depending on what. I, by the way, this, this is this out in your neck of the woods, Salt Lake City, Utah. This is the kind of stuff when you don't see any graffiti or anything like this. Could be just like, place. like. I don't know. I don't. What's the word? I'm not like cool But just like kids, random people. Yeah, They're it could like, just
0: be some skaters. People
1: throw bricks through McDonald's. Look, they hate McDonald's. People throw brick through windows of all kinds of places. However, it does mean more when you see it's a you know Mike you 2020. Like but yeah, it's it's different than spray painting, oligarch, or, eat, you know, eat the rich. I would say that one's a little bit, uh that one's a little bit, I, I kind of get their motive there. But some of these stuff, you never know. like But some of, a lot of this is graffiti. I don't, I'm not defending Mike Bloomberg. It's just, I think he's literally paying people to do this. I'm not saying he is. I'm saying that's what I think. Because he's paying. Mike Bloomberg will apparently pay you do anything. So would he pay someone to throw a brick through a window at one of his field offices? I'm not accusing him of doing that. I'm just saying I believe it could be potentially possible. I've never accused Mike Bloomberg of any crimes or wrongdoings on this podcast.
0: However, I wouldn't put anything past him. Yeah, dude. So um, uh, you'd have to ask yourself, why would he go out on a limb if he ever got caught paying somebody? That would be hardcore. It looks kind of a little bit pathetic enough that it's almost like somebody that didn't know how to, how to really truly vandalize something. Well, I mean, these are different incidents
1: in different states across the country yeah. as well. I mean, I want to highlight that this isn't like there's one or two offices and one or two. Another reason why I feel weird to say it's any particular political group because look, we have. Chicago, Salt Lake City, Knoxville, Tennessee, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Flint, Michigan, Youngstown, Ohio. Like, two are in Michigan, but this is across the country, basically. So, Occam's
0: Razor stuff. dictates that it's probably not a coordinated and conspired effort, but it's a lot more fun to think that it is. Maybe one, Cody. Maybe just one. <laughs> maybe just one. Yeah, you're right. It only needs to be just one. Okay, so anyway, let us know what you think. Is Bloomberg a victim? Did he do it himself? Is it part of the good fight? or is it just a hoax? Just let us know what you guys think about Bernie, about Yang, about Bloomberg, the whole nine yards. Follow us on uh, Twitter at PSP Radio one or on Instagram at Problem Solver Politics. And if you can, join the channel. It's a very inexpensive way to make sure that these videos keep coming to you free of charge on YouTube. This is Problem Solver Politics. Actually, I shouldn't say free of charge, um, without corporate sponsorship. This is Problem Solver Politics. We'll see you guys in the next video.